Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Y'all know me, Phil B, Eternal Dirtles Legacy. Hated by these net decks, banlist, and those Hasbros, Wasi. Nate G, real OG. Arklet and Mavericky. Cradled out the Heron's host, so give no f about Lily V. Zach C, Berserker Dude. Pulls the rug on your attitude. Days then waste trick, flip this Delva. Swing for three with some altitude. Got bruise? We do. Metagame breakdown info too. Listen up, cause here's the show where we stack our decks like spicy news. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, you know, I can't complain. It's early still. <laughs> All right. That's right. Um, I actually just got back from Texas, where I'm going to be moving eventually. Um, but I've been going down a few times because we're getting ready to, to set up to move, right? Yeah. And there is a uh, proxy vintage. I might have mentioned this a couple times past couple weeks, like a proxy vintage uh, Austin-based tournament series. So I got to go down and play in the first, my first one of those this week. And I got to say, I had, a, I had a blast. It was probably the most fun I've had playing Magic in a long time. Like, I always have fun, but it was like sort of extra fun, I guess. Maybe because I was playing vintage for the first time in paper, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what did you play? I played uh, Survival. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, um... You know, I I, had, I did 75 proxies, including my basic forest, just as I wanted them all to look the same. Um, but it was great. Uh, it was at a brewery um, in Austin. We had 21 players, which was a, a decent amount, and it got a nice size tournament. Um, the uh, we'll, we'll put some of the information in the show notes, but the circuit's called Romancing the Stones, and we have a website and a Twitter account for it. So if you're in the Texas area, um, I think we've got some events coming up. Uh, in Austin and in Houston, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a, we're gonna have uh, Stu, my friend who uh, organizes it, um, come on the show and talk about like organizing this kind of series, you know, in your in your local town to sort of keep keep it going. Cool. Um, I think I think it's really great and something that you can that one could try. I mean, I know you do the team draft league and stuff too, so it's very similar with like the uh, you know community organization and the more informal play setting, but still you know good magic. Awesome. Yeah, that's I and mean, that sounds awesome. Getting getting a bunch of people together like locally to be able to do like a little bit of a league. It sounds sounds like a blast. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the quick tournament report. I played a pretty stock survivalist. I'll see if I can find it. It's been I feel like it, I feel like it was so long ago. Now I actually played quite a lot of Magic in Texas this week. It was nice. Um, uh, round one, I played against Merfolk, and uh, here's a here's a combination of cards that I that I hate to see, Zach. <laughs> Black Lotus and True Name Nemesis. Wow. <laughs> My opponent Hateful. had Black Lotus, True Name Nemesis in games one and three, and I lost games one and three. Um, so that sucked. But it was, uh, I mean, you know, game two, I think I was, I think it was over on like turn two from my, from my end. So I guess you can't really complain. It's just funny. It's like, finally, uh, vintage, no True Name Nemesis, and here it is, <laughs> turn one. <laughs> I feel like vintage in vintage Trinity Nemesis is not as powerful as it is in almost any other format it's legal in. 
including Commander. <laughs> right. It's it's funny because like uh it, it isn't, except for like and in very specific situations, like I'm playing a creature deck, right? Yeah. And I'm just trying to like put creatures into play and attack or block if I need to, you know? So I feel like you um, can just get around it with wonder, right? Like Yeah, I was digging pretty hard to the wonder a couple yeah. times. But Merfolk has other stuff to do, yeah, like Wasteland and Strip Mine, and that might have actually been. Yeah. So I lost to uh, Merfolk uh, two games to one. Then I played against Vintage High Tide. Ooh. And I don't remember if it was two games or three, but I won that one. It was basically like – so basically the way it works is that the top two, I want to say – or no, the winner of each of the, of the like individual tournaments gets a, an, inv- an invite to an invitational. So there's ten tournaments where there will be a winner, and then there's a ten-person invitational at the end of the year. Cool. Um, and the prizes are these like handmade proxies that are like Texas themed. It's pretty cool. Um, but the player I played against had just won the previous, uh, invite. <laughs> so he said, he's just going to play like fun decks. Just the rest get of the weird. Way. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Just get weird. So he's like, it was basically like regular, it was like legacy high tide, but with fast bond and like power. So, um, that's what happened in that. Uh, I don't remember if it was two games or three, but I won. Then I played against paradoxical outcome. Uh, and one. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it's really mostly just because um, uh, my deck has Leovold in it. <laughs> mm. My deck had Leovold and Lavinia and like one main deck, Stony Silence. Yeah. So that was all it took. Um, it was actually, yeah, I don't, I, might have, I, can't, I can't remember if it was two games or one. I think it was two games, but um, um, but yeah, so then it was two and one. I was like, okay, I can win out here. And then I lost to the person who won the first. Um, the first one of the, uh, of the, I guess, like satellite tournaments, mm-hmm. he was playing an Esper vintage deck that was all, it was all singletons. Oh, wow. <laughs> Again, like, so it's, it's, you get this like interesting thing where the people who like win spots just play fun decks the rest yeah, of the way. Out. That's great. Yeah. It like literally was like one of every fetch land, one of every dual land that like, and one, you know, basic and stuff. And, you know, cause so many of the cards in it are restricted anyway. I think it was a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's funny. It's all these restricted cards, including Time Vault, and that's how I lost both games that I lost. <laughs> I mean, Time like, Vault like, is a really good one of. <laughs> it was like Esper Tutors <laughs> and Time Vault and Planeswalkers, and yeah, it didn't work out for me. Yeah. Then in the last round, I played Chops and won, um, despite a turn one Trinisphere taking one game. Uh, the other games were pretty fast. So three and two, which was, of course, eighth place in a cut to top four. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, and a lot of fun, and it, it really is fun to uh, to spin the wheel on bizarre sometimes, especially in such an informal setting where like I gotta, at a brewery. I gotta come out for one of these. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, you'll you fly in. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is fun. Like, and I know we're trying to uh, get people to come in from out of town if you want to. I mean, you know, Austin's a city you can visit. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it turned out that our friend Tim was in Austin that day. <laughs> oh come on, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't know. I, we didn't, we yeah, didn't yeah. find out until no, t- uh, I believe it was his uh, his girlfriend's uh, 30th birthday, right? Or yeah. 20th yes. birthday? 30th birthday, <laughs> not 20th. Right? She, said, she said it was uh, she was celebrating turning 20 or something like that on, on Facebook. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's funny that he was like right in town. Yeah. But we, um, but yeah, so three and two, and the deck did better than I thought. And it's funny because like it's, it's a deck I was like trying to goldfish a lot. But it's actually not as easy to goldfish as you'd think because you don't quite know what your opponent's doing, and that really does impact your sequencing. Yeah, you've got a lot and, of utility in that deck too. So like, you know, playing cards off of cards is is a thing, right? Yeah. 
Right. And like, you know, you can't just assume it's always going to work or that your opponent's not going to have graveyard hate or something like that. Didn't see, I don't think I saw any graveyard hate. Um, it's possible that a uh, Merfolk player might have had a graph diggers cage in play or something, but I don't remember for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, that was some vintage, a uh, lot of fun. Wish I could play vintage, you know, at like eternal weekend or something, but uh, you know, just getting to like, Oh, it, it's almost weird. I bet, I bet one of the reasons that it's, it was so fun and felt so like loose was that my cards, I wasn't worried about my cards, <laughs> you know, like about this brewery, it's like starting to sprinkle with doors. And then like, I'm like, okay, we'll just go inside. I'm not like freaking out, you know? Yeah. I literally had like a stack of, uh, of like bulk that, um, I had from when I tried to find uh skewer, the critics in Ravnica legions packs. <laughs> and I just like had, and I printed out stickers and stuck stickers to them. And you know, that was all the cards where I'd know what they were. Um, there you go. I did sticker a rare without realizing it. <laughs> so I'm like EDH oh. rare. Is now a nature's claim in my oh, man. vintage my vintage proxy box. <laughs> um, but let's see. So paradoxical outcome took two of the top four slots in the uh, in the top four, and then the Esper control deck and the Merfolk player. So I actually lost two people who made top four. Um, but uh, so you know Eric Virgo's uh, statement about paradoxical outcome is holding up a little bit. Yeah, the format's you know pretty good, except paradoxical is probably obviously the best deck, but. Um, not everyone agrees. Uh, I know Cyrus is big on Dredge, and other players are big on other decks. So, um, Bizarre is not a fair card. So, <laughs> I guess yeah. Dredge could do it. I've I've actually uh, come around on Bizarre in uh, in old school, even like just playing it as like a, a draw engine. It's fine. Yeah. We have we have like a, an old school EDH uh, kind of uh, challenge that me and my friends do, where uh, everyone chooses an Elder Dragon Legend, and then you have to build your deck as that that being the commander and uh yeah i went churned through my deck with uh uh bizarre just like every other turn just bizarre yeah. a couple of cards <laughs> i did play a little bit of old school and a little bit of middle school i got my leprechaun deck out oh, didn't really do anything yeah. oh the leprechaun <laughs> deck didn't go that's a bummer i think i think i played it too played a bunch of psychotog um and it was pretty medium this is in middle school yeah yeah i oh, like a blue black psychotog blue black psychotog deck um uh and one of my opponents uh actually uh joe who's playing paradox outcome after we were done they were pretty fast he's like do you want to play middle school i said sure and i pulled out my middle school deck people thought his he had like suicide black and i had all those like cards that couldn't target black creatures oh no <laughs> so yeah definitely got like duress hatred dead like a couple oh, times man. Um, and then Stu has a white weenie deck, which is, which has a lot of cards with protection from black. So it's basically like a race for me to find a morphling. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So played some middle school, played some old school, played a little bit of legacy. I went to the local game store there, um, and played Phoenix storm, which did not go so well. Oh, man. So I'm still, I, I, I tried a bunch of other decks too this week on magic online and stuff looking for something for Niagara. So I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I went four one in the league with Maverick, so you know, tear it from my hands, I guess. <laughs> I did a little bit of uh, building of some uh, pre modern decks. I have four complete decks now. Yeah, so, getting getting closer. I've got a uh, Counter Rebels, uh, Hatred, of course, uh, Stasis, and Prosbloom. Yeah, I brought a bunch of extra pre modern cards, thinking I would build some extra decks. And I did bring Prosperities and Blooms, but I didn't get it 
put together before the next time we played. So, but yeah, it's a fun deck. You know, it's weird. Like I actually thought about the the combination of um, um, squandered resources and natural balance. Like you, once you like do it, you're like, geez, this is busted. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's why like, they banned that in the uh, in in the uh, block format. They got they, yeah. They were like squandered resources. You can't play that. You can play no. you can play this deck, but without squandered resources. Cyrus is really big on Reign of Filth and Storm, and I'm just like, this is, you know, this is like a Reign of Filth for yeah. all your colors. Yeah. I know it's two mana, I know it's an enchantment, blah, 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 but that's all true. But, you know, the card has a little bit of legs. Like You're coming um, around on it for for Legacy? Well, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> I, it seems like it, it's the, the, I feel like we know the effect is good from, yeah. you know, Reign of Filth being played at Storm. The question is, if there's ever, like, you know, what can you do? It's, it's extra mana, and extra mana can... Um, you know, do a lot like what's what's especially with like the stuff you're ramping into now, you know, like when you had squandered resources, like you go from three to six in one turn, and like that six drop it can be something that ends the game now in Legacy, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, squandered resources with City of Brass, also a, ho- a hoot, so uh, just like one man of any color, sacrifice land, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's a ton of fun, pre modern. Should we talk about the most, uh, the biggest opposite of pre-modern then, which is the new set? <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. You're here listening to this Eternal Dirtles podcast, but what you need to do is go over to Eternal Dirtles Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles, and show your support, brother, yeah. Yeah, what postmodern? <laughs> this is this is you know what you know. I'm sorry, Phil's not here. Like we're gonna have Phil on to talk about some of these cards. Definitely some cards we're not gonna talk about today, so that Phil can talk about them. Um, but these every time the card's been spoiled so far, like uh, and it's maybe because I played so many like old bordered cards this you know week just by playing like old school and middle school and vintage with like basking root wall in my deck and stuff, like. These cards are just like, you know, they're not all great. That's not the point. The point is that they're just like so unusual. These planeswalkers with static abilities and stuff. Yeah, they're. I mean, it's they're. It, it's completely new design space. Yeah, and like you know, even some of like a mass I find is a, a mechanic. You know, I don't think it's again not a great mechanic, but just so different than what you know old old magic was. You know. Yeah. Like you gotta check all these different things and stuff. You know. I don't know. Um, well, let's. Uh, but what we'll do you think? Pick, I, mean, like, I think this. You think this set has has legs for legacy? I I think there are a few cards in here that that uh I mean there's one most definitely right that like it's obviously a card we already play and see play in legacy that's just slightly better. You're talking about Liliana's Triumph, which is Indeed. like one of the black. Then each opponent sacrifices a creature. If you control Liliana Planeswalker, each opponent also discards a card. Yeah, so that's yeah, a Diabolic that's Edict. <laughs> Plus. That's a Diabolic Edict that doesn't target, so it gets around Leyline of the Void, or uh, Leyline of Sanctity, oh, if yeah. that's an issue. Um, and has upside if you also have a Liliana Planeswalker. So yeah, that's a double card... sacrifice plus discard a card with Veil, and you can probably kill like the small creature they would sacrifice instead with with Last Hope, and then get their big creature with this and, and a card. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, this card is, 
obviously, like it's it, it's at, at worst, it's better than a card that already exists. Uh, yeah. And it may actually be a card that people want to play uh, because they're playing Liliana Planeswalkers, you know? Yeah, and most decks that play Edicts probably also play Liliana Planeswalkers. Um, here's an interesting question I think about this card. So it's one in a black to sacrifice at instant speed, right? Mm-hmm. Diabolic Edict's never been reprinted, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and cards have been printed. There's Geth's Verdict, that's black, black, instant no. speed sacrifice. Uh, Diabolic Edict the... has been reprinted. It was reprinted in Eternal uh, Masters? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant uh, printed into Modern Era oh, yes. Magic. Yes. Not, not reprinted. Yeah, sorry. Um, so there was Guest Verdict, which was black, black, for an instant speed sacrifice. And then there was Devour Flesh, which was an instant speed sacrifice, but your opponent gained life. Yeah. Um, so I wonder what it says that they made this souped up. They didn't just reprint Diabolic Edict, which they probably could have, right? Yeah. Um, there must be you – know, they must have just decided, like, we need this effect for something. My, my thing was maybe Bogles in Modern, you know, because they play Leyline of Sanctity Main. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe. that... But then they could put it in Modern Horizons. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I would play this card in, in a, like, a, like you know, I play Value Gifts occasionally in, in Modern, um, and I would play this in, in that deck uh, as a one or two of. Uh, I also use... There there are similar cards to, to this, like... Uh, there's a Escalate card, I can't remember, I think Blessed Allegiance, or Alliance, uh, that, that uh, sacrifice an attacking creature for, like, one and a white. So there are right. effects that are similar to this, but there's nothing that's exactly like this in Modern. Well, that's the point. Like, an uh, attacking creature is a rider, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you gotta wait for them to declare the attack, <laughs> and, you know, oh, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes a creature could be sitting in play, like, if they have a Dark Confidant or Scavenging Ooze that's ravaging yeah. your graveyard, they might not attack with it. So, um, that yeah. has the bonus of paying two mana to be able to like gain four life or something or something else. Tap a creature, maybe I don't know. Um, it's a, it gain does, four it does... and untap two target creatures. I love Blessed Alliance. Yeah. That's a really cool card. Yeah, it's a great, it's um, a great card, especially in a deck that like is looking for that level of utility. Yeah. Um, and you could I've nabbed a true name with it when you know had crowded boards against various white decks, yeah. and they just attack the true name, just help the Blessed Alliance good against uh, Merit Lage. But yeah. Again, targeting. So maybe that was the problem they were trying to solve, or maybe there's something yet to be seen. The thing is, like, I guess in this set, though, with everyone making tokens, these amass tokens, you know, it might not it might not actually be that good. Yeah, in this, you know? in this set particularly, yeah, in standard or in draft, it's probably meh. Yeah, maybe Edict best. was too good at draft. Like, Diabolic Edict was too good in draft, so it never got reprinted. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Diabolic Edict was not that good back in the day uh like when it when it was first printed in tempest in uh in uh draft we you would generally pass it off yeah um okay uh you mentioned this card so we'll go with this one dread horde invasion yeah one in a black enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep you lose one life at a mass one we've mentioned a mass couple times so mass means you put a plus one plus one counter on an army you control so that's be an army creature type if you don't control an army you create a zero zero black t- zombie army creature token. So it took me a well, while to parse this, but basically, if you it's you don't have the token, you get the token and you put the counters on it. Correct. If you do have the token, it gets bigger. Yep. But there's more text on this card. Whenever a zombie token you control with power six or greater attacks, it gains lifelink until end of turn. So this is an alternative to uh, 
what's it called? Uh, bitter Blossom. Yeah, so it doesn't go wide. Yeah, it doesn't go wide. Uh, but you can eventually get your life back, which is uh, which is interesting. Um, but it's a at the very least right now it's a budget version of uh, Bitter Blossom. To if you want to do what Bitter Blossom is good at in Legacy, which is generally getting around control decks or going wide, you're not going to get to go wide, but you can at least always have a threat on the board, and that threat continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and after you get to six. You know, if, if this thing stays in play long enough, you get to a point where this won't actually kill you either. Right. I think this card, well, zombie zombie creature type matters. Mm -hmm. Like, not necessarily, I mean, in this case, specific to this card, the army creature type matters. But the zombie creature type has more, has other utility in Legacy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, of course. Uh, Gravecrawler and, and uh, Cryptbreaker and stuff like that. So this is you know, making zombie tokens. Um, so I don't think it's, it's not, it's, it's different enough from Bitter Blossom to be interesting. Um, and it's, you know, it, it exists. So I guess yeah. if, if you, if any zombie with power six or greater could gain you lifelink, I think it might be better because there's a possibility that, you know, like a big carry on feeder or something would yeah, do something. Or, I don't or know even, the biggest you know, grave crawler, right? Like if you just. You know, like if yeah. you could make the grave crawler bigger or something like that. The bummer of this is that it has to be an army and not a zombie to put the counter on. So like you, you can't like the synergies don't mix perfectly well. There is only one item with the token with the creature type army, and it is the zombie army token. There is one other card that you can put these tokens on or these counters on. Army ant. Mutavolt. Mutavolt. Because it would gain all creature types, including army. That's a perfect yes. card to do to do that with too, or any changeling, obviously. That's true. So, but it's got to be a token to gain lifelink. Oh. So, I'm gonna go O zombie O token and see what hap happens here. Is there a thing that like makes a zombie? I mean, I was thinking like eternalize that makes four four, not six six zombie creatures yeah i mean that's um, that's not that's not too far away right like eternalize is is, is a four four that becomes a five five off of this and then after that a six six and you start gaining your life back oh geez can you with a scarab god there's nothing yeah scarab god a changeling and then you got a four four zombie army yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that's, that's a lot that's an edh card okay uh let's stay in black there's actually a lot of interesting cards in black um, where did it go? Our legendary creature? Oh, no, we're looking for Massacre Girl. Yeah, Free black, black. that's a legendary creature. Oh, it is a, it is a legendary creature. <laughs> <laughs> Get your EDH that. decks ready, folks. <laughs> Massacre Girl and EDH, that's what I'll play. Massacre Girl, three black, black, legendary creature, human assassin with menace. When Massacre Girl enters the battlefield, each other creature gets a minus one, minus one until end of turn. Whenever a creature dies turn, each creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one, until end of turn. It is a 4-4. Four, four. Now, apparently this is a card from Hearthstone, or an effect yeah, from so, Hearthstone. So this is called Defile. Uh, in Hearthstone, it is a uh, two-mana uh, Warlock spell that does one damage to each creature, and if a creature dies, you repeat this effect. So it's similar. Um, obviously, in a situation where you have, like, let's say you have 21 ones and an Emrakul on the board, and you play this, uh, <laughs> it, it, it kills the Emrakul. Um, whereas it, that wouldn't happen in Hearthstone. The cool thing that was that you could do in Hearthstone was set up a board state where like you attacked into a guy to like make it make it so that everybody had 
a, uh, a toughness of like one, within one of each other, and you just like wipe the entire board, which was always fun to watch. Yeah, but this. Oh, this I would is love. To, I better. would love to resolve this card on Magic Online or Arena at some point. <laughs> I mean, it's got to look awesome. Yeah. I I I I I mean, we're, we're, we're reviewing it because it's a. I think this is a really cool effect. And you know, I dump on wizards a bunch, but I like this. I like this effect a lot, and I think it would be cool to have it on a spell. I mean, I can see Nick fitting into this. Can Nick fit into this? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it kills your uh, veteran explorer. No, um, can't zenith for it though. Like, it's not. I you can't really be reanimated. I mean, there's massacre worm, but uh, yeah. I mean, you get death triggers off of everything. The cascading effect is really cool, but um, no, I think it's a cool card. I hope that they they explore effects like this that cascade like that power part of the uh pun i guess i appreciate that there's someone in in this set named massacre girl yeah <laughs> like that's a legendary creature's name <laughs> she had she had flavor text i forgot about that um so there's cards i'm excited about in here i really like dread horde arcanus and i really like Bolas's Citadel, but I think we're gonna wait till Phil's around to talk about those. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. I think uh, Phil Phil deserves to get his licks on uh, here. We're what we're really doing here is just like kind of glossing over some of the stuff we've seen in the last week or two. Uh, we want to do a deep dive once the set's fully revealed. But it's good to talk about some of these things now, just because we're not gonna have time to yeah, get through some of these it's cards. It's true. It's true. Here's a couple um, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if we need to fill it for this one. We'll do it anyway. Dreadhorde Butcher, black and red, for a creature zombie warrior with haste. Whenever Dreadhorde Butcher deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And when it dies, deals damage equal to its power to any target. That seems like there's a, there's a, a combo with, like, something, right? So, like, it's a haste creature, so it's going to attack. And then you can, like, pump it and then berserk it. So you could hate hatred card. <laughs> yeah yeah right like just <laughs> hatred and then like what like you gotta, there. Call there, what do you gotta get to like seven on this you can you can like hatred this so that it, it hits seven right attack and then you can fling it at your opponent yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's gonna be fun what? <laughs> you can fling this and it it's double the damage that's yeah, awesome yeah yeah or thud yeah. thud is a card thud now, right yeah thud you know you know, Fling, you can play uh, Chalice of the Deck, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think we should talk about uh, Angris Rampage. Definitely should. Also black and red. Sorcery. Choose one. Target player sacrifices an artifact. Target player sacrifices a creature. Target player sacrifices a Planeswalker. This I like a lot. I think that this is like a card that... I mean, it, it's it's always a bummer to me when when uh, every other color type gets gets something aside from rug but this card looks really good <laughs> like this is like hey why don't we already why don't we take an already great uh archetype like grix's control and legacy and just give it yet another tool to deal with stuff i think the snapcaster mage with this is is really is really intriguing yeah you snap you just snag a creature early with it and then you snap it back and hit their jace or liliana or whatever it is i mean what? that's that's crushing or their, I don't know, warm coil engine, whatever. Like an artifact. There's only ever so many artifacts on the board at a time, you know. Well, it's two mana main deckable way to beat a turn one chalice too. Yeah. Also that. Um, and like you know, unless they, but they could have like a box diamond in play, you know, or something like yeah. that. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how much the artifact. The artifact mode is probably not the best on this, other than like 
equipment. Like, it's good against equipment because most equipment decks, you know, there's DNT, which might have, like, yeah. a Revoker or Violin play, but, you know... Still, it's just, like, the added benefit like of having, deck, having yeah. that text, you know, like, a creature or a Planeswalker, you'd probably play this anyhow. With the artifact, it just makes it, like, how do you not play this? Well, with the creature and Planeswalker, it's just, um... Like a weird Dreadbore. Yeah. But Dreadbore has been played. It's true. So, but, I mean, they're both sorceries. Yeah, and they're both sorceries. They're both sorceries, and Dreadbore has been played. So, um, this what's the card? Bedevil? That was in the last set? Yeah, Bedevil. That's yeah. Uh, what, two black or two red? It's two black, and you get... Two black and a, and a red, obviously. Yeah, you can target any of those creature types, and it's an instant. So, interesting. Interesting choice of what they're doing with black-red. Yeah. In these uh, last couple sets. Um, yeah. Uh, Neoform. This is an interesting one. This is another combo card waiting to happen. Um, green and a blue as an additional cost to cast a spell sacrifice a creature. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it, then shuffle your library. There's got to be, you know, there's all those, there's so many cards that, like, if this has a plus one, plus one counter on it, it does something. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, got to be weirdo cards where, like, having a lot of plus one, plus one counters is good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's another one of those cards where you can, like, Gurmag Angler into Grizzlebrand if you really want to do that. Yeah, jeez. You probably don't need to in Bug, you know. Um, hmm, what else? Uh, I like God Pharaoh's statue, but like, there's not a whole lot to say about that card aside from like, it's a card that if you get into play, it's a real pain in the butt for your opponent, and it might might be playable in vintage. God Pharaoh's statue, six colorless mana or generic or whatever it is, legendary artifact. Spells your opponent's cast cost two more to cast. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses one life. People are gonna play this card because they're psychopaths. <laughs> Because I don't psychopaths. know that it's better. It's like it's not better. Is it better than? It's kind of better than Trinisphere. I think because this it's is better than Trinisphere because it taxes bigger stuff too. It's not better than Trinisphere in that it, it costs twice as much to play. Yeah, I mean, just the effect I think is better than Trinisphere. Yeah, the effect is the effect is better than Trinisphere. The um, effect is just better, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, the effect I mean, is just I, I think that, <laughs> like you know, there was a point in time when. Uh, shops had access to uh, four thorns and four trinospheres, right? Uh, there's not, not not in like a decade. It's been it, it's been a minute. It, it's it's been <laughs> what four or five years. Trinospheres was restricted a long time ago. You might be thinking uh, it had four sphere resistance and four trinospheres, and then thorn was printed I felt later like, on. I, I felt like trinosphere got got a nerf just a just a minute ago, but maybe maybe I'm you're thinking of chalice. Chal chalice, chalice definitely, was, yeah. Was, um, but anyhow, so this this allows you to have March uh, two thousand five. Trinisphere was restricted. Okay, there we go. So I'm <laughs> I'm way off. Uh, but anyhow, like get, being able to get like another one of these effects, as especially as shops continues to get uh, neutered slowly over time, like they're always going to be like, oh, we'll remove one more card from you that you can't play four of. The deck's still fine. You know, this is another card that, like, slots into, like, just good enough uh, if yeah. they get rid of, like, you know, Foundry Inspector or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, 
the, the current shops deck that's in vogue is the aggro shops, you yeah. know, the very aggressive shops deck. Um, and the prison shops decks aren't played as much. A prison shops deck would probably play one of these legendary artifacts. Yeah. Get a get a forge master. You can put one in your deck, you know, get it with forge master. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's the other ensnaring, thing. And then staring bridge in this thing is kind of be misery. <laughs> Not that I think that they're going to, but if they ban any card that makes the um makes the aggro deck like not good like let's say they get rid of ravager yeah um you know not banned but like restrict ravager restrict it, yeah that that's a possibility that this card starts to see play you know it's it's just it, it it's another piece of the puzzle that that this deck can uh mess around with uh and and we know that the deck's good enough to just like adapt it when anything gets banned from it the only card that i don't think could survive a restriction is shops itself and i think that yeah. it would still be be played anyhow yeah this thing comes down off two shops which is i mean this thing ever comes down on turn two you're just dead but <laughs> good like moment. i mean but like that's the thing like a, a different kind of shop stack than the one that we've seen in the past few years more traditional prison shop stack mm-hmm. like I, I just love the ensnaring bridge with this would be just miserable like because like you just they can't do anything that's already in play turns later you're dead <laughs> i love it that's the thing i also about it. the 20 turns later you're dead like that's that's perfect that's the perfect kind of card to like i'm gonna get this into play you know and i'm gonna use it to win even though i'm using it to win because of the first part and then i can win with anything but i'm gonna win with this you know i'm just gonna yeah. put one card play. <laughs> that's gotta be it's like almost like a mercy rule to have that clause on the on the card yeah, yeah, too yeah. i mean like, the, only, thing is, the only thing that this does also is it also makes ingot chewer that much better right no, because no, because you have to cast ingot chewer. Yeah, that's an evoke. That's, evoke that's, that's cost. A it's not a, yeah. it's not an ability. Wow, rude. This card's rude. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. You want to talk about the legendary artifact next to it? Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that one. Divian's Arcbow, one of the green legendary artifact. X tap, discard a card. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost X or less from among them on the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. <sighs> this card's probably not good enough, but that's it's cool design space. Having to look at the top X and only getting the card from there. Yeah, the converted mana tough. cost X is the is the problem here, right? Like you really have to be a value deck to to pull this off. And I don't think you could have enough creatures in your deck to support this card's effect if you have this card in your deck. Right? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? it's like you want this, you want Sullivan Library. Sullivan you Library, know. yeah. Because uh, you would just keep the worst card every turn off Sullivan Library and then discard it to get the creature at the end of their turn because it's yeah. an instant speed effect. I think the discard a card is the thing that makes this not playable. I feel like if it just said tap an X, you'd be like, this is great, I'm going to play it. Because yeah, you'd just be looking every turn. Yeah, right? and the other thing is, like, <laughs> let's keep in mind that this is an instant speed thing, right? This isn't... Yeah, this can be played, like, on, on your opponent's end step, you know? Yeah. Because this I, is it's normally a... is a sorcery speed kind of kind of effect. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the card we reviewed, we talked about earlier, Bedevil is a sorcery, Birthing Pot is a sorcery, Banifar is a sorcery. Um... Anything that goes into play usually is a sorcery, yeah. so. All right. Let's see. Anything else to mention? We do have some announcements. Um, 
I don't know if I want to talk about this with Phil, but the, what about this this to, this Tomic, the Advocist, the Lands card, the, the Lands hate card? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Lands hate card. What's that guy's name? Tomic, distinguished Advocist. He's white, white for legendary creature, human advisor with flying. Lands on the battlefield and land cards in graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control. Your opponents can't play lands cards from graveyards. It is a 2-3. Zach, did you read the article about this card? There was an article? There was an article. No, from I the did play not design. read it. Go ahead. So here's, here's the bullet points. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of planeswalkers in the set, and they wanted a, they wanted a white – or they wanted a creature that was like a pushed – white flyer or something like that they wanted like white white flying two three right mm-hmm. they're like well it can't just be a white white flying two three we need something else and at the time death right shaman was legal in legacy and someone said hey why don't we just make why don't we nerf death right shaman with this thing <laughs> <laughs> land cards and graveyards can't be the target of spells or your opponent's control um and then they put the lands on the battlefield and they added this crucible hate card for, for some reason look I don't know if this card's going to be good. It's sort of how I felt about Lavinia, though. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot, just, right? It's a lot. It's a lot of text. It's a lot of text. And I'm just like, what? what's the point? This card's either going to be oppressive and boring and great, or it's going to be stupid and not do anything. Stupid is the wrong expression there, how I usually use stupid. But, like, what I mean is, like, it's just like, yeah, this card's out there forever, and, you know... Just waiting to hate on something cool or something. But it's just it's just like two mana, white, legendary creature with weirdo rules text again. You yeah. know? Just like do something else. This I mean, this goes back to what I was saying about like one day I'm just like hoping that they print something good for rug. Yeah. You know, like you look at you look at a this thing like this. Green, okay, this would have been great as a green card. Like two green. No, you can't have a green flyer. I green, guess. green. Uh um, I mean, I don't know that I would play this I- I- in rug, mostly because I can't target my opponent's lands, right? No, you can. It only only affects oh, your opponent's opponent. control. That's the other thing that I hate about it. It's like it's just another like one-sided hate yeah. effect Ugh. that takes forever to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and is so it is both like extremely broad and extremely narrow. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like right. it, it, it hates on a lot of separate things but not like things that are done at the same time necessarily, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I God, I wish this was green. Cause then you could z- uh, Zenith it out. Um, the one thing I do like about this card is that it protects your dark depths combo from their wasteland. So you can, that's a thing. Then, it, then you just play it in a degenerate deck that does the thing you're trying to prevent it from doing. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like I, I started building in my head again, weathered wayfarer, you get this thing, expedition map, and there's your deck, right? White Depths. Thank you for coming to my TED White Talk. White Depths. <laughs> Thank like, you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> you know, like, what, what, what more do you need, right? Like, it's just, I don't hate the card. You know, I don't love it. I just, I just, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I got to read it like 30 times to figure out what's going on. It's probably not good enough anyway to hate on all this stuff. Just do something else. Give me another thing. Give me another Massacre Girl, because that's a cool card. You yeah, know. Massacre Girl seems like a total sweetheart. I wish Massacre <laughs> Girl was white. That would be awesome. Or maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then they'd play that, right? Oh, here's... Oh, wait for Phil for this one. Yeah, wait for Phil for that one. Um, I think that's it for now. I do want to mention that we do have a new 
uh, patron. Oh, yes, we so, sure do. Who um, is that patron? This is bad radio. You have to edit this out. <laughs> uh, Eli Kaywood is a new patron, so thank you, Eli. Awesome. Thanks so much, um, And let's double check to make sure we don't have another new patron. Does not appear we do, but thank you to everyone who uh, is a patron for us. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I wore my Eternal Darkness shirt and people wanted it. Um, there's an so easy way to get a hold of some... an internal turtle shirt <laughs> yeah you, just, you guys gotta be a patron um, and we'll send you an eternal turtle, an eternal turtle shirt once so, you hit the $20 donated mark we send you a shirt yeah so another thing I remember when I was looking through the various internal turtles accounts is that I, I forgot that I would said on the podcast that anyone who plays uh in the in the Easter Grand Prix should be playing Reanimator, so now I feel pressure to do that. So I might have to practice Reanimator. It's like I got a you know I got a reputation to uphold here, right? Oh man. Like, you know, that's what I get, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I was looking back, I was like, I really gotta we gotta do a better job of, of reaching out on Twitter. But you can reach us at our regular Twitter handles, which I should probably surface more in the uh, Eternal Durrells Twitter account. Um, but yeah, no, we appreciate hearing from everybody and it's always great to, uh, to know that people are listening to the podcast, you know, actually my first round opponent from the uh, vintage tournament saw my, I was wearing my shirt. He's like, Oh, you're the eternal turtles guy. And I said, yeah, he said, right. And I was like, he's like, oh, what do you play in vintage? He's like thinking, right. And I like played a bizarre and he kind of went like, oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, of course. But then he had Lotus in the true name, so yeah, yeah. My bizarre was pretty was pretty uh, gross, like it didn't have anything good, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what do you play in vintage? What have you talked about? I couldn't remember. Yeah, I'll it's tell you, bizarre. it means the absolute world to me when somebody comes up to to me at a tournament and is just like, hey, I I, I listen to Eternal Dirtles. You don't even have to say it's good. I'm just like, hey, awesome. Someone's someone's yeah. out there in the void listening to us. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, well, that's it for us this week. Yep. You think? Yep, I think that's it. Back next week, everyone. Have a good week. Have a good one, everybody. Where does he get those wonderful toys?